Do you believe in aliens? Oh, wait, that's next week. Do you think God might be an alien? That's actually a pretty common one, I think. I don't know, whatever. Let's talk about the cult of my childhood, the Chen Tao or True Wei cult. To be clear, I was not in this cult, nor did I know anyone in it. It was just like two minutes away from my childhood home. The local news was all about this shit in 1998. It's a tame cult, honestly. No Heaven's Gate stuff here. Just some good old UFOs take you to heaven stuff. Let's dive right in. Or fly right up. Whatever suits you. Welcome to the creepiest sleepover. I'm Kat, and I have never, nor will ever be, a member of a cult. Although I suppose everyone says that. No one really walks into a cult saying, yes, please, I would like to be brainwashed, give you all my money, possibly sign over my actual living soul, disconnect from all my friends and family, and maybe kill myself in the name of your whatever this is. I guess one could make an argument for Scientology at this point. We've all watched Leah Remini's show, right? Anyway, I don't want to get sued, so let's talk about the Chen Tao cult, a group of people who believed that God was going to land in some dude's backyard in Texas in the late 90s. Cowboy hats were part of their uniform. For real. So, going into this, all I knew was what I remembered from seeing on the news as a kid. My dad would have remembered more than I did, but he passed away a couple of years ago, so I can't ask. Any of my childhood friends listening that want to tweet me with any of their memories, I'll mention it next week. (laughs) Fortunately, the internet does exist, and I found an 18-page paper that was published in July of 1999, written by Charles Houston Prather of the University of North Carolina. Almost everything from this episode comes from reading that paper. So thank you, Mr. Prather, for teaching me so much more about this than I am capable of remembering. If we went on my memories alone, this episode would be like three minutes long. The Chen Tao cult was founded by Han Ming Chen, who was born in southwestern Taiwan. He wasn't rich by any means. His father was a farmer, and his mother was a, quote, traditional Chinese housewife, whatever that means. Technically, I'm a housewife, and I can count on one hand the number of times I've cleaned my house in the last five years. My husband is the cleaner. I do the cooking, I wash dishes, and I do all the emotional labor of the household. You know, keeping track of everyone's schedules, which, by the way, y'all, I bought a week-long dry erase board calendar at Marshall's, and it has literally changed my life. I am so boring. Anyway, I also watch the toddler, generally make sure the household is functioning as a household. Small price to pay to not have to mop the floors, if you ask me. So I don't really know what a traditional Chinese housewife does, because I am not Chinese, I'm Korean, and in my experience, Korean wives kind of run the whole goddamn show. Chen's family practiced customs of traditional Chinese folk religion and were technically Buddhist, but religion wasn't a big part of Chen's life growing up. He actually said that he was atheist for most of his life. He graduated from college and got a job as a sociology professor at the Chen... 
I'm going to say this wrong, by the way, the Qianyan College of Pharmacology and Science. Sometime in the early 90s, he claimed that he had a revelation from God and began studying religion with a passion. Not just Christianity, which is what I assume when I hear God, because, again, I'm Texan, sort of raised in the Bible Belt here, but he studied all religions. Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Christianity, nothing was off the table for him. He was genuinely a student of religion at this point, although presumably not for the fun of it, but because God told him to, I guess. He ended up gravitating towards New Age religions, which I suppose is actually closest to my actual religious beliefs. A quick goog tells me that New Age beliefs include reincarnation, astrology, psychics, the presence of spiritual energy in trees and stuff, tarot, magic. I don't believe in all of that, but it all seems equally valid to me. No more weird or crazy than any other religion. Not to get too heavy here, but to me, religion is something that's really personal, and you don't have to belong to any organization to practice whatever you believe. You certainly don't have to move continents. More on that in a second. So Chen found some teachers of New Age religion in Taiwan, but he got pissed eventually because they would charge large fees for their classes. Chen believed that you shouldn't be getting material wealth from teaching about God, because it was sinful. Pretty judgy for a guy who would convince almost 200 people to give up most of their material possessions, if you ask me. He accused the teacher of being part devil and left with a few students who believed in what he said. He was probably pretty charismatic, I'm guessing. I searched YouTube for... Okay, I was going to say hours, but I'll be honest and say it was about two minutes uh, for videos of Han Ming Chen, but I found nothing. No archival news footage or anything, which is pretty disappointing because I do remember seeing him on TV, but I was 13. I probably cared way more about Hansen and StarCraft. This marked the beginning of Chen being a leader of sorts. He formed the Soul Light Resurgence Association with the people that left the New Age religion class with him, and they had four churches spread around Taiwan. Chen and three of the other leaders would travel to each one to give lectures or speeches. How were those leaders chosen? Did they also have revelations from God? Were they Chen's friends? Did they give him money? Honestly, researching this has given me a lot of answers, but also a lot of questions. This went on for a few years until in 1995, Chen claimed that North America was the, quote, pure land of God. Way off base there, buddy. Pretty sure North America is the least pure of all the continents. If you want pure, you probably have to go to Antarctica. He said that in order to survive the Great Tribulation, you'd have to move to North America. This is when the whole apocalyptic vibe started, because what the hell is the Great Tribulation? It sure sounds apocalyptic. Some people believed him, so off they went to the good old U.S. of A., In 1997, Chen and his followers came to the United States and settled in San Dimas, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles. There were only about 25 of them then, and they started God's Salvation Church, which honestly wouldn't even make me raise an eyebrow. There are church names like 
living word and Christ unveiled and stuff. Churches I've actually seen, by the way. So God's salvation doesn't sound too weird to me. Maybe that was the idea. They were only in San Dimas for like two months before Chen announced that he was moving the headquarters of God's salvation to Garland, Texas. I'm in Garland, Texas. Why Garland? Because it sounds like God land. I mean, there are a lot of churches there. Pretty sure I passed at least 15 on my like 10 minute drive to school. Which, can I ask something about that? How the hell does a small community manage to keep a church afloat? Because Garland is big, sure, but is it big enough to support what feels like a church every mile? It felt reasonably diverse, too. I went to a Korean church as a kid that wasn't even in Garland. I'm sure my Vietnamese friends went to a Vietnamese church. My Hispanic friends went to Catholic church for the most part. I had a few friends that went to other churches. I know I'm just rambling now, but I don't know, it feels weird. But mega churches are weirder, so I guess I'll take a hundred small churches over one big Joel Austin stadium thing. Within literal days of this announcement, Chen had purchased his new home at 3513 Ridgedale Drive. I'm assuming his follower count grew during this time because he and other members of the church traveled from San Dimas to Garland multiple times, calling them religious pilgrimages. They would look for signs of God in the clouds and in the chemtrails left by airplanes. Clouds, sure. If you believe God is everywhere, sure, he can be in the clouds too, but chemtrails? That's a little conspiracy theory-ish for me. Apparently, they would get really excited about them and take photos of them to keep in their I Saw God scrapbooks. My favorite nugget of info about this cult is that they got some media attention in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada in June of 1997. They had gone there to look for the reincarnation of Jesus, or what Chen called the Jesus of the West. According to Chen, this reincarnation of Jesus would be about six feet tall, 28 years old, and would resemble Abraham Lincoln. I cannot describe to you how much I want to know what was going on in this guy's head. It's easy for me to write him off as delusional or something, or maybe even a con man, although I don't really know how much ill intent he had. I don't think he was like a David Koresh type. Fun fact, David Koresh went to my high school, but never graduated. Under the notable alumni section of my school's Wikipedia page, it even says, did not graduate in parentheses next to his name. I don't know if Chen had some sort of mental illness or if he was just a normal dude who wanted to be more than what he was. At any rate, they put classified ads in the newspapers in Vancouver to look for this Jesus of the West, but never found him. I can't believe no one stepped forward. I also can't believe that you wouldn't notice a six-foot-tall dude walking around looking like Abraham Lincoln. Maybe he didn't have a beard. Back in Garland, Chen had written a book with some of his prophecies and whatnot. It was freely distributed around town to media and whoever asked for a copy. I need to know if my dad ever got one. If I can muster up the emotional energy, I'll go look through his library and look for it, but 
don't expect a report back anytime soon. When I say library, I mean he probably had like 3,000 books, if not more. They're literally spilling out of closets and drawers. One thing that Chen had written was that the human incarnation of God would look like him, him being Chen, (laughs) of course, speak all languages, walk through walls, and be able to replicate himself so that he could greet everyone on the planet. That's like three X-Men powers in one. That isn't fair. Although, I suppose God would have, like, all the X-Men powers? By December of 1997, the bad press had started, although it was mostly contained to China and Taiwan. The China Post published an article on December 15th that stated Chen was maintaining control of his followers through brainwashing and that he was extorting money from them. I couldn't find any hard evidence that Chen gained any wealth at all from all of this, but that doesn't mean he wasn't, like, manipulating people to spend their money based on his beliefs and prophecies. The Taiwanese media claimed that the group was planning a mass suicide in Garland. This news really hit home for the families of some of the followers. Nanhua Cheng was a 16-year-old girl who was in Chen Tao, along with her father and her uncle. Her father, Chai Xuan, died of cancer on December 10th. In his will, he wrote that he wanted Nanhua to stay with her uncle and stay in the church, which is also what she wanted. Problem is, Nanhua's mother was still in the picture. She had distanced herself from her husband and daughter because they had up and moved to California, and she refused to do so because she wasn't in Chen Tao. When she heard the news about this mass suicide, she got on a plane to Los Angeles as quickly as she could. Do not go near a mama bear when her children are threatened, y'all. Bears gonna bear. On December 22nd, she got to L.A. and went immediately to the police, where she told them what she knew of the church. That same night, the police actually did their jobs and went to the church, where they spotted Nanhua and took her to reunite her with her mother. Here's where my opinion on this part gets a little less biased, I guess. If Nanhua had been 18, this would have been nothing. It was her choice, and she was in no immediate danger. I don't know where the Taiwanese media got this information about a mass suicide, but I'm going to go ahead and assume it's because of what happened with Heaven's Gate. In case you don't know, Heaven's Gate was another UFO apocalypse cult that participated in a mass suicide event in March of 1997. I admit to seeing some similarities on the surface, although if you dig into Heaven's Gate, it's way worse than anything the Chen Tao ever did. Nanhua was upset that she wouldn't be in Garland for the landing, but ended up going back to Taiwan with her mother. Let me be clear that I don't blame the mom a single bit for this. If all I knew was that there was even the slightest possibility that I would never see my child again, I would hop a plane to fly across the ocean and talk to the police, too. I just think there was some media irresponsibility here. The rest of the group hightailed it out of California immediately after this incident with Nanhua, and Chen held a press conference through his interpreter, Richard Liu, where he addressed the media attention. He showed Chai Xuan's will and was adamant that his religion was against suicide. By this time, all 150 or so of Chen's followers, 
lived within two miles of Chen's house at 3513 Ridgedale Drive. They all paid with their own money, and any instances of doubling up of families and houses or just a bunch of people in one house were multiple generations of the same family living in the same house, which is really common in Asian culture. We, I'm speaking generally, I'm not Taiwanese, place a huge importance on taking care of our elders and on family in general. That's why Encanto hit us Asians pretty hard too. The generational trauma is real. Anyway, there was nothing shady about that, but Chen's neighbors sure thought so. If there's anything I've learned about living in a mostly American suburb without too many immigrants, it's that people are real quick to spot the differences. My husband and I joke about how when we buy our own house, we're going to make sure to comically emphasize the fact that we are not white. Although both of us are born Americans. I'll put up flyers to tutor kids in math. Joke's on them. I suck at math. My husband will work on his car in the driveway while blasting Tejano music and I don't know, digging a fire pit for barbacoa or something. Next door is awful for noticing this stuff. I constantly see things that people find suspicious, and it's like, it's just a kid riding his bike. It's just a quinceanera. It's just some people watching the fucking football game in their garage. Not everything is about you, Karen. One of Chen's neighbors noticed that Chen had brought some concrete to his house and asked what he was building. Chen replied that he was building a gazebo in his backyard. What he really meant was a landing pad for God's spaceship. Although, I don't know if he mentioned that part. This neighbor called the city and asked what kind of permits Chen would need. I'm going to assume he wasn't trying to be helpful. Chen didn't fight it, he just didn't build it with concrete. To be fair, his backyard was on a floodplain, so maybe it wouldn't have been the best idea anyway. I mean, couldn't God find somewhere else to land in his spaceship? Jamie Massey owned a pawn shop in the neighborhood that I may have frequented around this same time. I don't remember seeing a bunch of Taiwanese people in white cowboy hats, but I don't remember a lot of stuff. Plus, I was a self-absorbed, bratty teenager. What did I care? She decided to hold an end-of-the-world sale with a bunch of merchandise marked on sale until March 31st, the day God would land in his spaceship, and UFO decor. When church members came in, she insisted that she wasn't making fun of them, but more having a little fun with the idea that God was going to land in Garland, of all places, in a spaceship. Needless to say, the members never came back. By this time, word had spread about Chen's prophecies, namely that God would appear on Channel 18 at midnight on March 25th and would land in his spaceship on March 31st. Now, This Channel 18 thing. Was this Channel 18 everywhere? What if you didn't get Channel 18? What if your dish went out? I have so many questions. None of the media attention stopped Chen from doing whatever it is he thought needed doing. In January, he took some followers on a pilgrimage, including two children that were allegedly the reincarnations of Jesus and Buddha. What happened to the Jesus of the West, Abraham Lincoln guy. Was that a different Jesus? Is there more than one reincarnation of Jesus? Anyway, they went to Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, let me say it once again. 
where they performed a religious ritual on the shores of Lake Michigan. Through his interpreter, Richard Liu, Chen said that the Great Lakes were sacred, and that was where everyone needed to go after the Great Tribulation in order to be saved. Back in Garland, the lead-up to the last week of March was intense and insane. The cult members put up signs on their doors saying non-vegetarians weren't welcome. The police set up a media corral outside of Chen's house, and on March 25th, no one was allowed in the neighborhood unless your driver's license had a Ridgedale Drive address on it. Sucks for anyone who wanted to visit their families, I guess. Garland actually had to ask for help from the Dallas Police Department to handle all the chaos because the Garland force wasn't big enough to maintain any sense of calm. They prepared for the possibility of a mass suicide, although I don't think anyone actually thought it was going to happen. The late 90s were a weird time, though. We were all panicking about Y2K and stuff, and the whole Branch Davidians thing in Waco was just a few years earlier, along with the Oklahoma City bombing and Heaven's Gate. Man, no wonder we millennials are so exhausted by the news on a daily basis. We've done this too much. Much to no one's surprise, God did not show up on television on March 25th, 1998. The media and police waited outside, one half hoping everything would happen, the other hoping nothing would happen. 25 minutes past midnight, Chen emerged from the house and gave his statement. He said that even though God did not appear on television as he had foretold, God was still real. Which, I mean, doesn't anyone who believes in anything know that? Isn't that what faith means? Like I said, not religious, but I do remember getting in trouble in Sunday school for asking how miracles happen, like what the science of it was or whatever, and I was told to have faith. So God doesn't have to appear on TV to be real, my dude. Chen continued and said that the videos of the clouds and chemtrails that he and his followers had taken on their pilgrimages were proof that God was real, which, okay, sure, I guess, but those exist whether you believe God exists or not. He also said, and this is where I actually can sort of understand why people would follow him, he would make a good pastor if he wasn't, you know, making false prophecies and stuff. But anyway, he said that his job, given to him by God, was to take on the responsibility of preaching God's word, and if he had to endure the scorn and ridicule by the media, so be it. I admit that it's pretty admirable to stick to your beliefs, and the only reason I'm saying this is because this cult is so mild and nothing happened. If something had happened, I would not find this admirable. Call me a hypocrite if you want, I guess. Here's another direct quote from Chen. Quote, I want to emphasize that God's kingdom has already descended. God has already descended. But the pity is that the gospel of God's coming is known to too few people, because we did not see God's message on Channel 18 tonight, my predictions of God arriving on March 31st can be considered nonsense. I sincerely hope everybody can keep an eye on the further developments and don't call us liars or something like that. Please trust what we say, because God really wants to save a billion people from the Great Tribulation. Wait, hold up, a billion people? There's like seven billion people on the planet. It sounds like he's kind of doubting himself here. He seemed sad, too. He offered to help any of his followers who wanted to leave, knowing that they had been unemployed and had spent their savings on moving to Garland. He ended his speech by saying, 
I would recommend anybody not believe what I said anymore. On March 31st, the crowd was significantly smaller, despite it arguably being a bigger event. God landing in a spaceship is a way bigger deal than being on TV. Chen had sort of changed his tune by then. When he went to greet the press, after God had decidedly not landed in his spaceship, he instructed everyone to shake their own hand. When they did so, he said, you've now shaken the hand of God. He said that God had indeed appeared because God was in everyone. So therefore, his whole prophecy was true. God could speak all languages and greet everyone on earth because everyone is God. I still can't walk through walls, though. Ask my 15-year-old self who was super embarrassed when she walked into a door frame in front of Isaac Hansen. To be clear, he was cool about it. He helped me up and asked if I was okay and didn't even laugh at me. I probably would have killed to be able to walk through walls at that moment. Or have the floor just swallow me whole. Chen did seem truly concerned about the spiritual well-being of everyone. He said we all have to stop eating meat. Quote, If you often eat the buttocks of chicken, you will soon find you have a pain in your ass. Which is admittedly funny. He instructed everyone to repent for their sins and to train to see beyond the three dimensions that mere mortals see in. Whatever that means. After announcing that he and his followers would be headed to the Great Lakes to seek out new spiritual training grounds, he offered to be stoned to death or crucified. No one took him up on it, which he had to know no one would. No more than 40 believers remained at this point, but they all said that they would follow him. They moved to Lockport, New York. There were about 12 families that went selling their houses in Garland and renting homes in New York. They conducted religious rituals on the shores of Lake Ontario. Their religious rituals, by the way, weren't, like, weird or anything. It was mostly just praying and chanting by the water. Chen made a few more prophecies at this point. I don't know why. He said that in January of 1999, China would attack Taiwan, leaving the island nations so devastated that by March, they would resort to cannibalism. Maybe he was just really pissed about the bad press. He also said that in February of 1999, the United States would withdraw their troops from South Korea, leaving an opening for North Korea to attack and start the Second Korean War. All of this would culminate in a global nuclear war by the end of 1999, but the only thing I remember about the end of 1999 is drinking sparkling grape juice while dancing to No Doubt singing It's the End of the World as We Know It on MTV. After this, the cult sort of vanished. I couldn't find anything about them after 1999. Nothing's been heard from or about the cult since 2001, according to Wikipedia, and the whereabouts of Hanming Chen are unknown. Honestly, part of me hopes that he got his shit together, changed his identity, and went back to teaching sociology or something. This one's a little weird, because I don't feel any anger or malice towards the guy. I'm sure he ruined a lot of people's lives, but he seemed genuinely sorry for it, and if he did follow through on helping them financially, he made his amends. This one is less creepy and more just... weird. Thank you for joining me on this confusing journey. 
Like I said at the top, I didn't know much about this other than UFO cult claims God lands in spaceship in my town. So this was really interesting to read about for me. Big thanks again to Charles Houston Prather for writing that paper and to you for listening. Next week, we'll continue our Texas theme and apparently our UFO theme with the UFO crash in Aurora, Texas in 1897. You can find me on Facebook at The Creepiest Sleepover. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at TCS underscore pod. Full disclosure, I am way more active on Twitter than anywhere else. Links to everything are on the link trees that are on all of my social media pages. Theme music is by Chris at Half Cab Studios. See you next week. Sleep tight.